0: Living Success Christian Center presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you for your company
1: today. I do appreciate you joining with me as we start a new topic today. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, please. And as you do that, I'll just pause and pray for us for a moment. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying the price for our sins so that, Lord, we can be raised up, seated together in heavenly places in you. And Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for all that you do for us, all the unseen things. Holy Spirit, thank you for the revelation knowledge. And Lord, as we look into your word today, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you will lead us and guide us into actionable intelligence, things that we can see, learn, do and understand, so that we can really and truly apply them to our life to create the outcome that you show us in Scripture. And Lord, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Now, Genesis chapter 1. The first three verses, let me just read those for a moment. and I'm reading to you today from the King James Version. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said let there be light and there was light isn't that a powerful set of three verses of scripture the very first introduction we have about god is that he took that which was there and improved it and i i'm so excited about that idea Uh, as well as the fact, obviously, that he's God and he's creating things. Now, in some 30 years of ministry, and I think this is the 30th year of my salvation, praise God, um, but in some 30 years of ministry, one of the things that I've tried to learn myself and also tried to share with others is the idea of not so much learning about God, but from the perspective of learning what it is that God really likes. And that will also give us further indications as to what his nature is like, and what he's like as a person, how he thinks. And obviously, you know, God likes things like morality and honesty and integrity. And the scriptures, in particular Proverbs, are full up of information about those sorts of things. But there's another uh, area that I quite like myself that the Lord showed me. Nothing's no special revelation, just information that I got from the scriptures. But I'd like to share that with you. And I call it God's obsessions, his four obsessions. Now, I don't know whether they're obsessions or not, but they all start with O. And that's just the way that I've used to help myself remember them. And I say, well, they're God's four obsessions, these four things that he's really, really keen on, that he really likes. He places a very high value and priority on these four things. And because they all start with O, for my memory, I've called them obsessions, so I remember them. Now, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we see that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. I've always wondered there about the heaven. We see the earth was without form. What was the heaven like? In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Yeah. So what was all of that like? Is the face of the deep the heavens maybe? Okay, I'm not really sure. I'm not a theologian so we won't go into that. But I'm very interested about this idea of creation. And we get down to verse 3, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above, and it was so. Now, we read on through Genesis chapter 1, and, you know, dry land appears, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, etc. The waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself. It was very hot here. Just a few days ago in Newcastle, Australia. It was cooking hot. It was like 45 degrees Celsius. And I went outside to water my lemon tree and my lime tree. And the lime tree was a bit sad. It had started to die and wilt. And it was in a bad way. The lemon tree was doing okay. But I started just to look. As I was watering those two trees, I was looking at the leaves and the branches and the twigs, and the fruit. And the lemon tree's got some beautiful fruit coming on it. They're only small, but there's a heap of them there, and they're looking sensational. And I remembered this verse, verse 11. Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself... And I was looking at that lemon tree and I thought, now when that lemon's cut in half, all those segments are there. They look just perfect. And some of them have got a few seeds in them and they're just a perfectly created thing. Piece of fruit that's perfectly created. And I went inside and actually had a mango in Australia. It was summertime and beautiful mangoes. And I had a mango. I was looking at that mango and I was thinking how incredibly well-made, created, created, is this mango. The skin is exactly the right size. The seed is exactly the right size to hold all that rich, beautiful, soft yellow flesh of the mango. And I was looking at all of this, and if you think about nature, and you think about Genesis chapter 1, and you think about creation, you think about the birds and the bees, and yeah, and the flowers and the trees, yes? Okay, have you ever looked at a butterfly and the wing on a butterfly is perfectly symmetrical? The patterns on that wing, everything is created perfectly by God. And you get to verse 12 and the earth brought forth grass, the herb yielding seed after his kind, the fruit tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the third day, yeah. And then God was he created the birds and the trees and the animals and the fish of the sea. And all of it was good, yeah? He created everything perfectly. Everything was perfect. And it reminded me of 1 Corinthians 14.40. Let everything be done decently and in order. Now, I know that was talking, Paul was talking about the sequence of events. In fact, that's that's what that word order means in in the Greek, uh, I understand. But Paul was talking to the church at Corinth about the way they ran their services and their behavior and all of that sort of thing. And then he said, but let everything, let all things be done decently and in order. And the Lord started to show me and birth this idea in me about the four O's. The first one, the first O, is order. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and everything was perfect and in order. Yeah, The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was even order in that because the way that the earth was without form and darkness that was there on the face of the deep, it created for the Lord the next O, which is opportunity. So he does things in order, not only the correct sequence of events, but also everything is done symmetrically. Everything is created perfectly. So there's both aspects of the word order and then from that after something has been done in order then or orderly and is in a situation where it can then be looked at and we examine it to see what opportunities are now contained therein or where do those opportunities take you later on in life should you develop something. I explain to my children, no, the reason you have to clean up your bedroom (laughs) is not just because mum and dad said I mean, that's part of it but because you learn a thing called order and if you can put your bedroom in order, then years later you can put a business in order. You can keep a family in order. Yeah, because remember the seed plant harvest principles apply to every aspect of life. While the earth remains, okay, summer, winter, cold, heat, you know, shall not cease. Seed time and harvest, summer, winter, cold, heat, you know, all of that. I think it's Genesis eight twenty-two. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So everything is applicable or everything is subject to the laws of seed plant and harvest and if we can teach a two year old to be meticulous at putting away his blocks or she can put away her little books on the shelf at two or three years old and put everything back and leave her room perfectly clean and tidy, all of her little shoes in the wardrobe yeah, or wherever Okay, and we can teach that to a three year old and then we can teach that person when they're thirteen you know, some sound practices and uh, start to introduce them to business ideas that might be even a bit late. You know, we started to teach our children to manage their finances at about four, five, you know, when they started to get a little bit of pocket money. Okay, but When we learn things, particularly about order, at an early age, on a very simple thing, the same sorts of principles apply later on in life. If you, you know, later on in life, you can walk into a business and you can just look around and know what to do. You know who to, if you're going to buy this business, you can just tell watching the staff for an hour. Who are you going to keep? Who has to be addressed? Yeah. (laughs) And why? Because you learned order from three years old. And you can just tell who is not doing things decently and in order. So opportunity comes from you learning how to put your blocks away when you're three to you buying and selling defunct businesses or failing businesses later on when you're 20 or 30. Yeah? You can see the, the sort of the parallel I'm trying to draw there. And that's just, you know, one aspect of it. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He put some order to things. Okay, And after that came this thing called opportunity. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So now we have this thing called opportunity. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So the light became obedient to that which God was doing through opportunity. So after order came opportunity and then there was obedience. Now remember Jesus said, If you love me, if you really love me, keep my commandments. Remember Isaiah, if you be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land in Isaiah 119, yes? So obedience to the Lord is an incredibly important thing. And perhaps it just may be one of his obsessions. As I said, this is to say these four things are God's obsessions. Well, that's my idea, okay? I don't see where it states that in Scripture. But that's how I taught myself to remember these four things. They all start with O. So in Joe's thinking, and I wrote in the front of my Bible, God's four big obsessions, order, opportunities, obedience, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Outcomes. Outcome is the last one. So God's four big obsessions, as I keep saying, you know, that's my statement big O's. Let's call them that. Okay. Order, opportunity, obedience, and outcomes. Now, you say, Joe, thanks for the information. Okay. How does all that apply to me? Well, let me just walk you through some things over here in Acts chapter 3. Now, bearing in mind that if we work those four things, the order, the opportunities, the obedience, And the outcomes. And you build your world. You build your now to flow in those four things. Yeah? I'll say that again. You build your world. You build your now. You build your present to flow in order, opportunities, obedience, and outcomes. Now, remember, once there's an outcome, you then have to make sure that everything in that outcome is In order, and if it is well, great. Then you can expand upon that and create the ripple effect. The ripple effect is then uh, expanded upon through quality management of that outcome. And then once that happens, and the thing has grown and increased, you then have opportunity. You then can work some more obedience. And you think, Lord, suddenly this thing is is bigger than me. It's much bigger than what I had in, envisaged. It doesn't matter what the topic is, whether it's you getting fitter or stronger. Maybe you want to go to the gym. And now that you're big and strong, yeah, you've got some opportunities. You might get, you know, invited by someone to model T-shirts for their T-shirt company because you've got big biceps or something like that. You know what I'm saying? here. Opportunities can come from the simplest of things. And if we understand the flow, if we understand the four key components, bearing in mind that sometimes obedience might be the first one. And you just have to let go and let God, yes? And become obedient to submit to Scripture. So if we understand the flow and the interaction between the four, the order, the opportunity, the outcomes, and the obedience. So once there's an outcome, now you've got a situation where you've got more opportunities. Because from that outcome, there's something else you can do. Okay. Let's say you buy an old house. Okay, and you renovate it. There's an opportunity there. You see the old house, you buy this old house and you labor away on the weekends and you save up your money and you work two jobs and you put together the the cash to do the renovation and you pay for it all the way along and it takes you two years. Okay, that's great. And you've increased the value of this thing now. Not only have you learned from the process, but you've also added value to the property. Now maybe you can sell the property and make a sizable profit. Let's say you made $50,000 or $100,000 or something after costs. Let's say you spent 30000 and the thing turned you in $100,000 profit. So you've made 70000 profit. Well, now you have an opportunity to reinvest that, yeah? Do you see what I'm saying here? So the four components, the four key ingredients of order opportunities, outcomes, and obedience. So the outcome of the, you know, the profit that you made doing all of that work, the outcome there was now you've got a heap of cash and you can go and do something else. Okay, you can invest it. You pay your tithe and, and sow a seed into the kingdom, of course, and, and then after that, then, you know, wow, let's go do something else. Okay, but you apply the order, the obedience. The outcomes, the opportunities, those four things to the project. So you build your world, you build your now to flow in God's four big O's, okay? Now, let me just take you over here to Acts chapter 3. Wow, we're nearly out of time for today. We'll go over to Acts chapter 3 and I'll show you some things here. Remember I said you build your world, you build your now. Starting now, okay, you build your now and moving forward around and utilizing the four big O's. Opportunity, order, outcomes, and obedience. Now, how do you manage the ripple effect of all of that? Well, The, as you do something, you have to manage that effectively. So you just apply the same four things to the one. So now you have an opportunity. Let's say you've made your money from your renovation. Now you have an opportunity. You take that money, you look at it. First thing you do is once you've, you know, obviously you've addressed the spiritual side of things with your tithes and your offerings, all of that, then you look at that and you say, how do I keep this in order for a start? Okay, number one, my bookkeeping has to be right. Okay, I've already dealt with the obedience side. I've dealt with that obedience side, the submission side, the spiritual side. Now into the order side, so my bookkeeping's got to be right. What opportunities does this create for me? And what will the outcomes be? Of those opportunities. So you can see that I'm applying the same four principles, the same four ingredients back on the one ingredient okay so now that we've as I said we've got the cash from the renovation now it doesn't be, it doesn't have to be something as extensive as that it can just be the fact that now I've mowed my lawn and cleaned up the garden what can I do with all of that? Look at that. I could dig this up over here. I could plant something there. I could, you know, maybe grow a, uh, some vegetables there for my family. OK, what can I do with that which is around me? And if that's your idea, what can I do with that which is around me? I truly believe, as the Lord did with me, when I started to ask that question, what can I do? Lord, with that which is around me, with that which I already possess, that's when He'll show you, and I believe you genuinely qualify, for revelation knowledge regarding the four big O's. The obedience, the outcomes, the order, and the opportunities. Friends, we're out of time for today. Please do join with me next week. And we'll continue this study, and I'll give you some tangible, practical things that you can understand and hopefully get some real good value out of. God bless. Have a great week. And remember to go to church today.
0: Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org. Living Success Christian Center presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong.
1: Turn in your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to continue on from where I left off last week, talking about what I call the big four O's, letter O. And the O stands for, and the four O's stands for obedience, order, opportunities, and outcomes. And it's very important, I believe, and, and the way I remembered it, I call them God's four obsessions. Now, I don't personally know if they are his four obsessions, (laughs) but that's just the way I remember them for my own study purposes. Obsession starts with O, and there's four O's, And they're an obsession, so that's what they are. That's how I've remembered them. Order, obedience, opportunities, and outcomes. Now, in Acts chapter 3, I'd like to show you in verse 1 how we build the flow of our life around those four things and the various different flows of our life. Now, King James Version of Acts 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth Hour. And I think this is a very powerful verse in the Bible. I've always enjoyed it when I've felt a release in my spirit to minister on this particular verse. I really love this verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 3. And I want to look at each word and just extract some understanding and some revelation out of it. Based around you and I with our now, we have a now now. Why is it the way it is and how can we build our now, our today, to flow in those four main life ingredients, those life stabilizers, those life foundations of order, obedience, opportunities and outcomes, and then manage that ripple effect That each one produces through quality, skillful management, uh, particularly time and economic management, yeah? The time of your life, the T-I-M-E, the time, the influence, the money and the energy, the T-I-M-E, time, influence, money and energy. The, The time of your life is very, very important. So, now Peter and John, the first word now, that makes me think, Joe, what am I doing with my life now? What am I doing with my life today? What are you doing with your life today? Today is a good day for a reality check. I like that statement. <laughs> I really enjoy that that sentence. And I often say that to myself and, you know, sometimes I get up early in the morning, go to the gym at 4.30 and and I'm thinking, you know, what am I doing with my life today? Today is a good day for a reality check. This is doing good for me. Going down here at 4.30 in the morning is actually doing me good. And I talk myself into it and keep going. (laughs) So (laughs) what are you doing with your life now? What's happening now? How much order is in your life now? How much obedience to the scripture, submission to the scripture, submission to the biblical requirement of walking in the fruit of the spirit, for example, how much obedience is in your life now? What opportunities are you faced with right now? Are there decisions that you need to make that you've been putting off? Are you procrastinating? Yeah. What opportunities are staring at you right now? And also another really good question to ask the Lord. And uh, sometimes when I've asked him this, I've been a bit shocked with the answer. You say, Lord, what opportunities are there that I'm not actually seeing? What things do I need to look at differently? What people do I need to look at differently? Who is it that I've dealt poorly with I might have just dismissed them having no relevance, you know, sort of to what I'm doing at the time. Yeah. What people, what situations do I need to reinvestigate regarding opportunities? there might be somebody that I've just dismissed for no, you know, uh, bad reason. I just haven't kind of got around to it or have met them fleetingly or something. Wasn't listening to the Lord at the time. And they could have been in a situation where they needed some help. You might have been able to give them some, you know, grocery money or something. Yeah. And it's very important that we Make sure that we maximize all opportunities. Remember, Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. So as we're going about, let's make sure that we're doing good. And where you've got a chance, yeah, pray for people. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, yeah? That's between you and the Lord as to how much opportunity you're looking for in your day-to-day maneuvering and working through the marketplace as you deal with people and things that come along in your day. Now from that, there are always outcomes. You can do something for someone. You can just say, hey, are you doing okay? They might say, hey, look, you know, oh, man, I've just had a tough time and far out, I've got a power bill that I'm supposed to have paid and I just don't have the cash for it at the moment. And, yeah, man, it's a real, it's it's a, yeah, so how much is it? Well, it's $241. Don't worry about it. I'll pay it for you. OK, and you just help someone out. OK, and, and, you know, as you sense these sorts of things, as you help people, as you're led by the Lord, but also remember Galatians, as you have opportunity, let us do good unto all people as those opportunities to good do good present themselves. Let us do good to all people, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. OK. And this is the thing, and this is one of the things that people need, and I'll just say this because it's just come to my spirit. Look, if you've got that $240 or whatever it is, you know, to help someone with their power bill, the fact that you got it means you can get it again. Okay, don't worry about it. The fact that you've got it to there means that you can actually get it again. And God may require of you some obedience just for you to plant a seed yeah just for you to plant a seed and to actually get actually happening in the seed plant harvest principles as you're led by the lord okay as you're led by the lord and if you want a little um what's the word an experiment just a little thing that you can practice and try you say lord And particularly when it comes to money, because there are lots of people that are good at talking you out of your money. Okay. So, what you do, take something that you can easily afford. Okay. Let's say, you know, let's say you got a good job, you're on a good salary, you can easily afford $5. All right. So, you look around for somebody that you can just sow that $5 to that day. You might find a little child at a supermarket. You know, you might find someone that is just standing there at McDonald's ratting through their purse looking for some change or something to pay for their coffee. Don't worry about it, I'll get it for you. Just be blessed. Have a good day. And just pay for their coffee for them. But start off with something very, very small, very manageable, very easy for you to do. And just work this idea of going about doing good, being there to help out. And see, if you practice that across a 20 or 30 or 50 year lifetime, what can the Lord do with that? What kind of opportunities will he create? What kind of outcomes will he build from that kind of an approach to life? So how and what Or how are you managing your now and what are you doing with your now? Today is a good day for a reality check. How much order is in your now? How much obedience is happening in your today? What sort of outcomes do you have from all of that which is going on and the kinds of opportunities that are coming from those outcomes? Where is it all positioned? Yeah. Acts chapter three verse one. Now Peter and John. Peter, God knows you by your first name. Yeah? He knows you by your first name. Isaiah forty three. Let me just read this to you. This is one of the most Enjoyable, I think, verses in the entire Bible. It's full of confidence. It's full of the love and the care and the adoration that God has for you. Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now saith the Lord that created you, O Jacob, he that formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Peter and John went up together into the temple so peter god knows you by your first name very interesting isn't it how well do you know him he knows us by our first name he knows us intimately how well do we know him yeah the next word is and peter and john and and joins peter and john together be very careful with whom it is that you're connect how much order is in their life? What kind of uh, outcomes have come from the opportunities that you've seen them look at and manage and work? You know, what have they done with their money? How obedient are they to their parents, okay? How Im- obedient are they to the principles uh, displayed in Scripture and in- and required of Scripture relative to the way they Submit to their employer, okay? Very interesting to know carefully who it is with whom you are connected. How many of the big four are flowing well in their life? The order, the obedience, the opportunities, and the outcomes, okay? Very important. Peter and John, what's the history and the lifestyle like of those With whom you are connected. And notice that sort of joins into what I was just saying a minute ago. You might know them by their first name, you might know a bit about them, but really, how much order is flowing in their life? Do the same problems keep coming up over and over and over again? What's the outcome? Yeah? You give them some help, you give them some assistance, some advice. What's the outcome? What have they done with the opportunity that they've just been given? They've just got a new job. Praise God, that's great. Okay, three months into it, they're just griping, 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 whinging, whining, complaining. Hang on a minute, you told me you believe God for that job. Okay, so what are they doing with the opportunity that they have been given? Very important with not only to be so careful with whom it is that you're connected, but to know a little bit about those people from the perspective of the four big O's. How much order is in their life? Are they obedient, particularly to Scripture and to their parents? How do they treat their parents? That's so important. Uh, Opportunities, what are they doing with them and what outcomes have they created? Do you just get... A big list of all of their problems each weekend when you, you know, you guys see each other in the weekends. Oh, dear me. So, what's the history and the lifestyle like of those people with whom you are connected? Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and john went up together so the next word is went to me that just screams out at me direction okay i do a lot of traveling with my work and uh you know i went here i went there i went you know and some of it can be 3000k um you know 10 hours away sort of thing and it's a it's a big week when i do a big central west country trip that's about 3000k and the furthest point is about nine or ten hours direct from my house then you've got to turn around and come all the way back. So what's the direction? What's the direction that you and your life are headed in? Yeah? Now let me just risk being grammatically incorrect here. Where did you went? Peter and John went up together. So what direction are you and your life headed in? And is it a direction that works with Order, obedience, opportunities and outcomes. Are you going in a particular direction because of an opportunity that you're now working? Has there been an outcome and it's created for you a different opportunity? Okay? And you can now go in a different direction. So what is the direction of your WENT now, to me, Peter and John went up together. I mean, these two gentlemen, they're heading off to the temple. The hour of prayer being the ninth hour, I think it's three, what, three o'clock in the afternoon. They're heading off for afternoon prayers. Okay? They got prayer at three o'clock, and that's where they're going. Okay? So it's very important that our went is specific. We know exactly what we're doing. Now, they went up together. So, is the direction that you're going in, is it an upward one? Is it an upward direction? What's the destination of your direction? What can the possible outcomes be? This opportunity that's put you in this direction. Prayers are on here. The hour of prayer. Okay, prayer is on at three o'clock. That's the opportunity that's on offer. You've got an opportunity to go to prayer, Peter and John, at 3 o'clock. What are you going to do with that? Well, they chose to go. And you read verses 2 through to 10 and the rest of Acts chapter 3 and you'll see just the fact that they chose to go. There was a whole life-changing series of events and a massive evangelical event that happened Thousands of people came into the kingdom of God. There was all sorts of things went on. Just loads of stuff that happened from these gentlemen going up to the hour of prayer, going up for afternoon prayers. So the direction that you're going in, is it an upward one? What's the destination of that? What are the outcomes when you get there? Okay, okay. Will you need to be obedient to someone or something when you arrive? So, Peter and John went up together into the temple. They went up together. Remember, how can two walk together unless they agree? Yes? So, Jesus said, One will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. So, Two people working together in agreement are much more powerful than one person doing this thing by themselves. So are you properly working the idea of two people Or certainly the concept of agreement. It can be agreement on many different uh, sort of facets and ways. But the idea of working together in agreement, walking together in agreement, how much order is in that agreement? Do we need a basic partnership um, agreement, for example? You know, if you're going to go and develop a, a business proposition or something like that, this agreement, is there order there? Are you obedient to each other's or to the written down outlines and guidelines of this partnership agreement is anyone violating that okay what are the opportunities that are come uh, that will come and and eventuate from this agreement Okay? Maybe we can both put in the same amount of money. Suddenly now we've got twice the money to work with. Maybe we can both labor together on the project and now we can get twice as much done. Yeah? These things are very important. So what's the outcome when we all work together, we obey the outlines and the guidelines of the agreement, everything's done properly and in order, there's this incredible opportunity now that there's two of us working on this, and what's the outcome from all of that? So now Peter and John went up together. Remember the big four O's, outcomes, opportunities, obedience and order. We apply them to each aspect of this. Why? Because today is a good day for a reality check. It's very important we understand the flow, the building of our now from intention through process into outcome. Friends, I pray this study has been a blessing to you. We'll pick it up and continue it on next week. I enjoy your company. Thank you so much for being with me. And please do make sure you go to church this weekend and remember the wonderful words of the Apostle Paul. He said, You be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. God bless.
0: Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org Living Success Christian Center presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter
1: 3, and we're going to look at verse 1, and I'm going to continue on with the study that I started two weeks ago now, talking about what I call the Big four o's the letter o and as you turn over to acts chapter 3 verse 1 i'm just going to pause for a moment and just pray for this study and pray for us father god thank you lord for all that you do for us for lord the way you bless us care for us look after us protect us and provide for us lord thank you lord for in, in romans where it says we cry out abba father And Lord, thank you for raising us up and seating us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the revelation knowledge that you give us every day. Actionable intelligence that we can understand and apply and father god we just thank you as i said lord for all that you do for us the unseen things the fact that we can have salvation in christ jesus no one comes to the father but by him and Lord, we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Now, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Looking at this verse around the idea of what I call, you heard me say before, the four big O's. I remember them. I call them, and for my own study purposes, I call them God's obsessions. Okay, obsession starting with O, and they are order, obedience, opportunity, and outcomes. Outcomes, obedience, opportunities, and order, and how we manage those things in our day-to-day affairs, because today is a good day for a reality check. Every day is a good day for a reality check. This Bible often speaks of now now. Now faith. Faith that's al- happening alive, that's now, that's current. It's now faith. And we see here in chapter 3, now Peter and John. And I like that idea of now, happening now. Now, verse 1, we just read that to you. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at The hour of prayer being the ninth hour, 3 p.m., yes? So they went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. And we've been looking at each word of this verse and running it through the filter of the four big O's. The order, the obedience, the opportunity, and the outcomes. And then the ripple effect of those four things that then need to be properly managed. So important. We're up to together. That's where we finished up last week. Now, Peter and John went up together. The next word is into. Into the temple at the hour of prayer. Into. What is it that you're into? Can Jesus be a part of those things that you're into? Or would that be inappropriate for him? Now, all of the things that you're into at the moment, the things that are consuming the time of your life, because where you spend your time is where you spend your life. What is it that you're into and how much order is there there how obedient how much obedience is flowing in that which you're into okay if one of the things that you're into is uh, a great deal of spending do you have the income (laughs) to support that spending is it spending for pleasure or spending for profit Okay, the amount of money that's going through your fingers, how much obedience is there? Have you presented your tithe to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you, um, you know, sowing into the kingdom of God, into the family of God? Do you have, you know, sponsor children, for example, a situation where you're constantly helping the poor on a very regular basis, not just a one off, but, you know, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Very, very good. God, friends, please Uh, Pay attention to this. This is very important. God has a special place in His heart for the poor. And we need, as people in the Western world, as people of affluence, God has richly blessed us in the Western world. And as people of affluence, we need to have a special place in our heart for the poor as well. It's very important that we do that. So, what is it that you're into? How much order is there? What are the outcomes? Comes from that which you're into how much time is that which you're into consuming okay is it relevant is it important look if you're into movies And you're just a movie freak. That's what you love to bits. Well, okay, then (laughs) you're into movies. How many movies do you watch a day, a week, a month? Do you spend more time watching movies than you do in prayer? And do you spend more time watching movies than you do in the study of the word? Okay, so if you spend five hours a week watching movies, you need to spend five hours also a week studying and you need to spend five hours praying at least. Very, very important. And I know that's my opinion, but I think it's a very scriptural one. (laughs) So what is it that you're into and how does that which you're into filter through all obedience opportunities and outcomes? Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple. The, the, T-H-E. To me, that speaks of precision. The temple. It's precise. Something clearly defined. So whatever has your focus has you mastered what have you mastered in your life yeah so what you're focusing on has you mastered so what is it also that you have mastered what are the things the specifics those things that are precise that are happening in your life how much order is there there the outcomes the opportunities the obedience very important so run the filter of the four o's across those things that are specific. And, you you know, you might have a niched career. You might be a school teacher. Okay. That's great. Is your classroom in order? Okay. You might be a sales rep, for example. How tidy is your car? How clean is your car? Make sense? You might be a receptionist. Is that receptionist desk where you sit every day? Is it absolutely immaculate, most definitely on the front side, where the customers see. Now, behind the back, well, where you're sitting and you're typing and you're answering phones and you're taking messages and filling out the diary and booking this in and sending that out and dealing with the carriers and the carriers and all of the things that happen at a reception desk and the donuts that arrive for this particular meeting and oh, all of that, the back of the desk sometimes can get a bit messy, but the front of the desk better be polished, okay? Because that's where the people that pay your wages come to. So there must be order there. The opportunities that now arise because that desk is gleaming and you've got the best smile and the person walks in the door and you look up and you say, hello, good morning. How can I help you today? And they think, yeah, I will spend my $3 million with this company. Yeah, makes sense. The employer where I'm fortunate to have a position, we recently rented a very large building and i went in to get the keys when we took over the lease of this property and i walked into a magnificent office with an exceptionally presented receptionist at the front counter. I thought, these people are absolute professionals. We're going to enjoy this relationship. So, yeah, do you see how people think the moment that they see order? Now, it's the same when they see an experience disorder. Okay, I was looking for a place to get my daughter's car fixed. There was an aspect of the electrics that weren't working the other day, and we were looking on the website for an auto electrician. I was reading some of the comments. These people are so rude. I will never go back there. (laughs) Okay, well, we don't know the other side of the story, but yeah, you know, mud sticks. (laughs) So what is it that you're into? And then those things that you're into, how precise have you been with them? What's going on there? Peter and John went up together into the temple. The temple. That raises two very important things. What is your attitude towards church? And what is your attitude towards you as the temple of the Holy Spirit? How do you run those things through the filter? Or how often, shall I say, do you run those things through the filter of the four O's? What's your attitude towards church? Yeah. Is that in order in your mind? Do you just turn up when you feel like it? Is there obedience there? What's the outcomes for all of the sermons, the really good ones that your pastor has preached, revelatory ones that he's been up all night long, you know, on his face before God? And man, I know about that sort of stuff, okay? So, you missed those messages. So what was the outcome? You know, had the situation, had the solution for you that day, straight from heaven, and you weren't there. Or oh, what happens if you were there? Now you've got a solution that you can go and create a new outcome. How good is that, yeah? So they went up together into the temple. You need to be connected to a quality local church and understand that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now they went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer at the again how specific and accurate are you being with the life that god has given you the at the hour of prayer okay are you a person of clear purpose do you know what you're doing have you got some written goals the at the places in your life specific accurate Is there order there? Is there obedience there? What are the outcomes when you see it through? What will be the opportunities that come from those outcomes? The big four O's, the order, the obedience, the opportunities, and the outcomes, and how you manage that ripple effect at the precise points of your life, at the directional and turning points of your life, at some of the forks in the road, at the crossroads of your life. Very important we understand the at these in our life. Today is a great day for a reality check. I love that sentence. So, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Acts chapter 3 verse 1, King James Version. At the hour, the next word is hour how do we filter hour through order obedience opportunities and outcomes okay how do you spend your time remember the hour an hour is a period of time at 60 minutes a specific point in time so how is your time spent Is your time spent carefully with preparation, forethought, premeditation? Is there order in your day so that time is not wasted? Okay, very important. Are you obedient to the biblical use of time? Okay, these things are particularly important. So remember Ephesians chapter 5, verses, uh, what is it, 14 through to 17? See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Okay, so how do we spend our time? Do we do it in an orderly way? Are we obedient to the uh, requirements of Scripture regarding time? Now remember, investment of time is proof of love because where you invest your time, you'll only do that or the most that you'll possibly do is where you love to be. Okay, that's very important. You say, well, I don't love my job. Well, maybe if you had an attitude shift, you just might start to. Okay, so the hour of prayer, the hour of who or what are you of? Are you known as a person of God? Remember, Paul introduces himself as a servant of God. Jesus, So, are you obedient? I think the first of the big O's there that might surface in this particular word is obedience. How uh, obedient are we to that which we are of? Remember, we're people of the kingdom, a child of the king, yes? So, do we behave? Do we speak? Do we represent the Lord well? These things are very, very important. Now, everyone's at a different stage of life. Everyone's at a different stage of their spirituality. Everyone's at a different stage of their knowledge of Scripture. Everyone's at a different stage of their day, you know, when it comes to frustrations and many other things, okay, that all contribute to where you're of, but the foundational stuff doesn't change. And that's what we need to build upon, okay? Who you are in Christ. These sorts of things are very important. And as we look to righteousness, then we sin not. As we understand righteousness... As we build righteous uh, righteousness, consciousness into our life, into our hearts and minds, then our daily behavior will adjust accordingly. OK, it was was it David that said, Lord, I put your word in my heart. I hide my word in your heart so that I don't sin against you. Yeah. So who is it? That Or what are you of? And are you known as a person of God? Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. How important is prayer to you? And at the same time, we can put into the same thing there, uh, you know, prayer and fasting. Because the scriptures say, When you fast, not if you fast. Okay? And Paul said, I buffet my body, not buffet my body. All right? (laughs) So prayer how important is prayer and as i said fasting fasting is very important go and see your doctor and tell him that you want to do some fasting get a bit of a plan let your doctor help you through with that if you're new to that sort of thing and you don't have a lot of experience in that make sure you also get some education on fasting before you go down that pathway now just how important is prayer to you and do you have a set time every day is there order in your prayer life? Is there obedience happening in your prayer life? The opportunities that you have to pray, okay? We, we've made it a thing just in our family. Every time we see an ambulance, then, you know, an ambulance going past, speeding past with these sirens going, we say, Lord, I just thank you that those paramedics, they're anointed of God. They will accurately, correctly diagnose the situation. And Lord, we thank you that the people will live and not die in Jesus' name. And And that's sort of the kind of the standard prayer that we pray for ambulances every time we see an ambulance, all right? Now, you can have the same sort of prayer for all of the services for the police and for the firemen, these people that put their lives on the line for us every day. It's very important that we pray for those in authority over us. So, how important is prayer to you? Please don't commit the sin of prayerlessness. Okay? Is there order? in your prayer life, do you is there got a, a, a prayer habit? You might pray with the Lord every day at you know from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. or something like that. Okay? I bring my wife a cup of tea in bed and she's sitting in bed praying in the mornings at 6 a.m. or whatever time it is that she starts. Okay, so order, obedience, opportunities, and outcomes. The outcome. What's the outcome for and from Your prayer life. The outcome from your prayer life is more than we'll ever know here on the earth. We've seen things turn around in the natural, but how much more have they turned around first in the spirit because of our prayers. So the opportunities, everyone has opportunity to pray. Okay, as I said, simple little things like when an ambulance goes past. Yeah. So now Peter and John went up together into the temple. At the hour of prayer being the ninth hour the ninth hour is your focus the maximizing of each hour of each day yeah making each hour work for you for your future for your family's well-being for the kingdom of god's future what value do you bring to the kingdom what value do you bring to your family every day well you've got a job you're going to work man you're bringing value to your family every day that you go to work and that's a very important thing so the maximizing of each hour is that done in an orderly way Okay? Don't just, you know, drive around looking for people or something like that. Have some appointments already made. (laughs) Okay? Very important that we're obedient to the requirements of Scripture regarding the treatment time. What are the outcomes? Because you maximize every effort hour i was driving back today just north of sydney and uh, a place called the central coast and uh, it's about oh, 40 minutes north of sydney and i was been there for the day and i was driving back to newcastle it was about an hour and a half drive hour and a quarter and i was driving along and i glanced down at the at the fuel gauge in the car and it wasn't happy <laughs> i'd I was that busy all day long That I didn't even notice That I didn't have any fuel in the car And praise God I was on E for enough (laughs) And I took the very next off-ramp Off the freeway And drove straight to the first service station I could find To fill up with fuel (laughs) Because it was on one bar left And it was flashing And it was not happy And the orange light had just come on So sometimes we can be that busy Extracting everything every little bit out of our hour that we can miss some of the things that we shouldn't really miss. Yeah. So there needs to be, (laughs) there needs to be obedience to things like management, simple management practices. Check that you got enough fuel to get there. Yeah, very important. (laughs) When you're extracting maximum value out of each hour, remember the four big O's order, obedience, opportunities, and outcomes. I pray this study's been a blessing to you. Make sure you do something great for someone this week, and please make sure you go to church. God bless. Have a great week, and remember the wonderful words of the Apostle Paul. He said, You be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you.
0: God bless. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org.